It's time for Inside LCC, an inside look at Lansing Community College's academic programs. I'm Cassie Little, and we've got you covered with programs that nourish creativity and exploration, cultivate your purpose, and guide you to your career. Listen as we explore some of the opportunities at LCC and learn from conversations with faculty members, staff, and students. Hello, hello, and welcome back to Inside LCC. My name is Cassie Little, and I am so happy today to have my guest, Jody Wiley, with me. Hi, Jody. Hi, Cassie. Jody is here with the massage program. So, Jody, why don't you tell us um, name of the program, your title, things you do, that sort of thing? Yeah, I am with the massage program. Uh, my official title is Assistant Professor Lead Faculty. Uh, so, the massage program has Oh, gosh, I think six instructors, just one of us, that's me, is full-time. And then the other people, they all are running their massage business in addition to doing um, teaching, instructing here. Yes, which is something I'm sure we'll get into more. But having instructors that are instructors sometimes, but they also work in the field is so beneficial to students. Absolutely, yeah. That's great. Some real-life experience. Right, and they can, I mean, they have the experience that they can bring to the classroom, but then also the experience of maybe running their own business, they can give that kind of input also. Yeah. I think that makes this program really special. We might be jumping a little bit ahead, but that's okay. I get excited about it. So, so much to say. Yeah, can you just tell us, you know, kind of your elevator pitch of the massage program at LCC? Definitely. So the program has been around since the 70s. Uh, it's seen lots of different formations. Uh, currently, we have two tracks. One is the full-time program, and that's 12 months. Students go to class from about 10 a.m. to 2 p.m., four days a week. And then in 12 months, they're out, and they can be earning money as a therapist. Then the other track is a part-time, so usually for students that have full-time jobs, uh, the part-time is an evening track, and it goes from 5.30 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., and they only go three nights a week, and that takes 16 months, and then same thing. They're out making money as massage therapists, hopefully in a job that they love. Yes, yes. Uh, I think that's really cool about this program is that you can kind of look at it from the start and get an idea of how the next year, year and a half of your life is going to look like, right? Like students know exactly when their class times will be, um, what classes they'll be taking. That's a really nice thing about the massage program. Yeah. And actually, uh, it's what we call a rapid entry career because it is such a short program. I mean, only a year, 12 months, and then you can be on your way to a new career. Um, so that's why they call it the rapid entry. Yes. There's a few of those around here at LCC. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so when they finish that program, what did, what does a student end up with? Right. So when they finish our program, uh, they're eligible then to take the board exam, which is required for any massage therapist in Michigan. Um, oddly enough, it is not hands-on. Um, it's oh, really? a 100-question, <laughs> multiple-choice exam. All right. Uh, but our students actually do really well on the exam compared. When we look at other massage school scores in Michigan and other national scores, our students do a little bit better. I'm going to go ahead All and brag right. a little I, bit. I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. um, so when they finish the program, uh, they're eligible to take that uh, exam and apply for a state license and that's it. Then they're on off and running. Awesome. Mm -hmm. um, and they end up with a certificate from LCC, right? Yeah, that's a good point. It's not an associate degree, you know, not a bachelor degree. It's a certificate of completion. Um, but that's all you need for right. a massage therapist in Michigan. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Yeah. And then our students, gosh, I don't know if this is one of the questions later. That's all right. <laughs> our students go in a myriad of environments. Like they work anywhere. I've had students go up to northern Michigan and work at um, like the ski resorts. Oh, yeah. Doing massage therapy for people in resorts. I've had people, of course, at like chiropractor offices. They often pair massage and chiropractic. Um, I've had grads go be full-time massage therapists in a hospital setting. Mm. Um, just so many different environments that someone mm-hmm. can work in. There's the sports massage. So I've had people go and work with teams. Um, it's just really yeah. quite a flexible, you know, depending on someone's interests. Right. Um, you could really do it in lots of different places. Yeah. And I imagine that it has some flexibility in the hours that you work maybe Absolutely. too, right? That was one um, of the things that drew me originally to massage Yeah, was, you know, I could stay at home with my kids for a while and do yeah. massage later. So. Yep. That makes sense. Um, I think it is a little bit leads into the next question. So that's good. Um, which was like an example of some of the kinds of jobs um, that you could get in this area. So we talked about that. And also if students can start working after they graduate or if they have to transfer to continue their education. Mm -hmm. So we answered both of those, I think. Yeah. And one thing that I'm seeing now, Cassie, that I haven't really ever seen until like 2021, 2022 is a real, a a very high demand for massage therapists in the area. Um, In fact, I host a little job fair for my students every spring and in, let's see, we didn't have it in 21 because of COVID. So when we had it in 22, uh, employers were offering hiring bonuses, and I'd never seen that before. I get oh. an email probably every week from an employer saying, hey, do you know anyone you any who wants a job, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so there is no trouble finding a job for the grads. Awesome. Yeah. All right. So then kind of looking at what the experience is of a student in the program, oh. Um I like asking, can like if you have an example of a class or some of the classes that students would take, tell us a little bit about, you know, what it would be like in one of those classes. Yeah, that's a great question. Well, you actually get massage. <laughs> that's oh, one of the wow. best fringe <laughs> benefits of being in massage school is being massaged. Right. You have to practice somehow, you do, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so we might, uh, the instructor might teach a series of techniques and then you practice on one of your classmates and then in... 30 or 60 minutes, we trade places and we teach the other group and uh, then they get massage. But some of the classes, gosh, um, well, I'll back up a little bit. So the state requires 625 hours in a massage education program. Our program here at LCC in the massage therapy uh, program is 744. Okay. Quite a bit more than the minimum. Um, And we've asked our advisors who are employers and people that hire our grads, you know, would you like a fast track? Maybe we could just get them to you quicker. And every year they tell me, no, your grads are more qualified than other people's uh, other schools. And we want you to keep all those little extra things. So by the extra things, I mean, we've got a class on research literacy. So we train our our students how to read about research related to massage. Wow. Yeah. Um, We have a class, let's see, what are some of the extra things? Uh, Well, we have a class called Maternal Infant Massage, and that wouldn't be something that you'd find in all the programs. Okay. Um, So I I would assume that that by the name of it, that means learning massage for 
people yeah. who are pregnant and yeah. for babies. Yep. All Expected right. There moms. you go. Because they have some unique health considerations yeah. and positioning considerations. Yeah. Um, but aside from those kind of extra classes, just the main classes are, um, you know, massage theory, learning like why, why is it beneficial and what are some health concerns that we should look out for? You know, we, we want our grads to be mm-hmm. safe and then learning the basic techniques. That's awesome. And yeah. like you said, getting and giving massages in class. I imagine, I mean, we talk about, of course, getting massage is wonderful. So that's a benefit of being in the class. But I, I imagine you can learn a lot as a student, too, by getting a massage. Mm-hmm. So it's not even just, you know, that that the other student gets to practice, but then you might be learning a little bit about what this feels like that when I think I'm doing it this way, that sort of thing. I I don't know. I can see there's a lot of benefits to that too. Yeah, you're right. In fact, in the very first class, massage one, we have um, the instructor, obviously, but then we also have a lab assistant who comes in for the hands-on part. And it's just another experienced set of hands. And really her job is to make sure each student gets to feel the technique from someone who knows what they're doing. So they, yeah. you do learn a lot from receiving mm, yeah, it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so you mentioned the the program's been a lo- around for a long time. I think you've worked in the program for a long time. Do you have any stories of students or classroom experiences or working in the field, you know, for, with your background, anything like that that you'd like to share? Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I have lots. I'm sure you have a lot of stories from working <laughs> in the field. Um, well, just me personally working in the field because I'm a licensed massage therapist and I have been, well, I was a student really? in the LCC massage program. All right. So, uh, you know, I'm a product of our program, but, uh, let's see, I think 2006 is when I graduated. All so right. I've been a massage therapist since then and I've got to do some fun stuff, um, like one year, I went over to um, a WWE event, and I was doing massage backstage for the the wrestlers. Oh my like, gosh! Yeah, they would be out on stage wrestling, and I'd hear the bell ding, and then they would come back and get a little sports massage. Yeah, um, that was so wild. <laughs> I love that. That's some of the like you said, a little experience in a lot of different fields, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. My other highlight was. Um, and I can't say the name of the person because of confidentiality, mm-hmm. uh, but I massaged like a really high profile country singer oh, wow. who came through and, um, you know, I was just connected with their, with a company that organizes massage therapists for yeah. tours. Okay. So that was fun. Wow. Yeah. yeah. A lot of possibilities. Yeah. But student wise, man, we've had, you know, I think about the, the, range of different types of students like we often have people who are just newly retired and mm-hmm. they want to do something fun with their newfound free time yeah. and maybe make a little money on the side um, we have people who just graduated high school you know an 18 19 year old uh-huh. and everywhere in between like moms who whose kids are going back to school and they've been staying at home or someone who wants a real change in their career direction it's right. just it's a fun mix of people uh, in our cohorts. Yeah, I love that. And I think, I mean, you mentioned cohorts. I don't think we mentioned earlier one of the really cool things about having the day program and the night program and kind of knowing exactly what classes you're going to be taking is that you're going through in a cohort of students usually, right? So you're yeah. with people, um, the same people in 
classes over the semesters and it really creates a, a true camaraderie of going through that, I think. Yeah, it's a very different experience than just taking random college courses where you might recognize one or two people. You get to know that group um, and our group sizes for the classes are anywhere from 10 to 20, somewhere in there, mm-hmm. usually around like 14 um, but you get to know those 14 people and, you know, you're, it's a different kind of studying because you're giving them massage, yes. which is a little <laughs> more intimate than just studying, say, biology yeah. together. Um, but then you have class with them in the same room every, every day that you yeah. have class. And you're right. And studies show that um, connecting students that way, students who feel connected to a group are more successful. And I think we see that in our program. I think so. Definitely. That makes it really special. Um, and, and I think that helps, like you said, in schoolwork and just, I don't know, the feeling of going through it with each other, you know, it really builds a a strong bond that I think is there while you're in school. And I'm sure carries on after that as well. And with the instructors, I know Mm -hmm. the instructors might teach multiple classes. So throughout the entire time of the program, you're getting to know the instructors. And I don't know, it's a great program. I always rave about it. I love all of our programs, of course, at LCC, but the massage program is definitely special. special. Yes, (laughs) exactly. (laughs) You were talking about um, feeling close as part of a cohort, uh, just as far as I know, right? So I've been teaching since 2012. As far as I know, I have had only one relationship develop out of a cohort. Um, And that was just recently. And so that'd be kind of neat if there was a marriage that happened out of it. I might need to get them on the podcast. That would be fun. (laughs) Or one of them. So stay tuned for that. Yeah. (laughs) The connections. Um, A true LCC connect. true (laughs) LCC connect. I love that. A couple of massage therapists, right? Yeah. (laughs) You might bring this up still. I know we're getting close to being done, but I did want to mention massage for people who aren't sure if they want to do the program. I think there's a class for that. Can you tell us about that? Yeah. So it's called Massage for Beginners. It used to be called Massage for Non-Majors, and I think that was a little intimidating or confusing. So Massage for Beginners is just a one-credit class. Uh, We meet four times once a week for four hours each time, so 16 hours total. And uh, you learn a basic full body massage. It's not anything very technical, but you just learn the benefits of massage and and how to do it safely on someone at home. And then you can decide like, oh, I I really liked this. It Mm -hmm. felt calming and I get a lot out of it. Or you can be like, "Mm, no, I did not like rubbing lotion on people. (laughs) So that's a really good opportunity if someone just wants to learn a little bit on the side and, you know, maybe they're not pursuing the program or a way to dip your toe in and see if it's something you'd want to pursue. Yeah. And we offer LCC offers that actually kind of in two paths. You can look at it from um, a credit perspective or it's in the community ed as a non-credit class. So either way. Awesome. Good. All right. Well, I think that covers most things. Is there anything else that you think we missed? Anything else you want to share? Hmm. Um, I don't think so. It's just such a great program. The instructors are so um, approachable and invested uh, that I think it just sets a great tone from from the first day. You know, we kind of we I bring all the instructors to the massage one class. And so everyone meets all the instructors right away, even if you don't have someone as an instructor, maybe for the next semester. But 
It's just a great little family atmosphere. It is. It really is. So if someone wants to maybe uh, get involved, ask more questions or start in the program, um, I know that they can visit the website lcc.edu slash massage. Um, And then are the like certain programs start at certain times? Yeah. So I mentioned that there was a full time 12 month program and that starts every August. And so um, we just had one start this past August and they will graduate in August of 2024. And then the part time one that starts every January. Awesome. And they go until the following May. So that one will be coming up soon to start. Yeah. Um, lcc.edu slash massage. And then Jody, the last thing I want to ask, which I like to ask on Inside LCC, is what excites you most about your field? And that can just be today. Not, you know, mm. it doesn't have to be overall, but something that excites you right now about your field. Uh, about the field of massage, well, I, I did mention that it's really in high demand. Mm -hmm. And I noticed particularly since COVID, and I don't know if that's because people want a way to Mm de-stress or uh, if they're looking for other ways to take care of their health, but I've noticed that. And that's exciting. As far as my field of instructing, Mm -hmm. um, I just love it when I hear back from graduates and say, you know, I, I got my dream job. Like this yeah. is what I wanted to do. Thank you for helping me get here. I just love hearing from graduates and those that are uh, enjoying their jobs. It's just such a satisfying thing. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jody. Thanks, Cassie. Yeah. And if you uh, want to learn more about this, we'll have contact information as well as links for the massage program in the show notes of Inside LCC. You can find those at lccconnect.org. This has been Inside LCC. I'm Cassie Little, and if there's a specific degree and program you want to hear more about, let us know by contacting us at lccconnect.org. Thanks for taking a listen Inside LCC. Keep connected with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. We don't want to take your picture. We want to give it to you for free. LCC President's Office and the Photography Department presents Help Portraits. Register online to get a free professional headshot or family photo on Saturday, December 2nd from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Gannon Commons on LCC's downtown campus. Help Portraits at LCC also includes fun activities for the entire family. Learn more and register at lcc.edu slash and search portrait. Lansing Community College welcomes transfer students. Transfer students may apply transfer credits towards their LCC degree, certificate, or transfer program. Learn more at lcc.edu slash you belong. LCC. Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. It's time for Stars on Sports, a podcast radio show dedicated to sharing stories about our athletic program at Lansing Community College. LCC Athletics has a strong tradition. 23 national championship wins. Over 170 All-Americans. 19 MCCAA All-Sports Trophies. 
Stars on Sports will introduce you to individuals that have contributed to our program's success and give you the backstory on what it takes to develop it. We'll also dive into and break down the topics and issues facing athletic departments across the nation and right here at LCC. This is Stars on Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Stars on Sports. I am joined by our assistant AD, Stephen Cutter, and production manager, Jeremy. Welcome, Jeremy. Hopefully you get the chance to contribute today because today we're going to be talking about, we're recording this podcast on Halloween and, you know, I don't know if Halloween, where it ranks in my holidays, just, but just another day. I have kids and so, and grandkids now, so trick or treating. And I think of, when I think of Halloween, I think of costumes. And, mm-hmm. you know, we were talking before we were on the air about costumes in the past. And I was going to go more towards uniforms. I think about when I grew up, I, you know, surprise, surprise, that was probably a lot of sports figures as mm-hmm. Halloween costume, yeah, you know. Yeah. I was Marcus Allen one year. So, Marcus yep, Allen. I had the okay. cheap helmet. And, <laughs> I had the know, cheap helmet. Uh, the Cleveland mm-hmm. Browns, you know, okay. football player one I year, s- and I still have the helmet. Surprised they didn't put out any brown stuff. <laughs> <I'm> shocked. <laughs> Ouch. You know, we were going to talk about being a Cleveland okay. fan in, in yeah. uniform colors and such, but you, you mentioned other Halloween costumes and how they've changed, and I think yeah. of even my kids, um, couple of my favorites, my daughter was a fortune teller one year. My wife just did an excellent job on a homemade costume and she carried around like a piece of cardboard with a glass ball on it. And nice. it was, it was just really cool and homemade. And we've talked about how extravagant they come. And, um, one of my favorites is I wear the same thing every year. So my son dressed up as me one year, wore khaki pants, okay. uh, Mason pullover that. with my that. badge. So those are two of my favorites. But going back to when we were kids and yeah. you had mentioned the, the cheaper yeah. costumes. I that think you going get. into places like Ben Franklin and, yeah. you know, getting to pick out your Halloween costume and, you, you know, you might be able to. Typically, they all came with a mask that had a, a cheap rubber band that was stapled to the, you know, to it. and. <laughs> You, so um, you, you'd wear it and of course it would, it would break within, you know, a few, a few minutes of wearing it. So you're trying to keep it on your face while you're still holding your candy bag. And, you know, it was, it was sharp. So it would cut your face, you know, and, and now, you know, I look at our, our kids and stuff and I see these uh, incredible masks that just slide over their face and, you know, and so I don't, I don't think they know how lucky they are mm-hmm. or, or maybe even how realistic they look. Today. That's it. How realistic, how cool, mm-hmm. how far they've come right. graphically. And, and, you know, it's a lot of excitement. I, I mean, our kids have been talking about their costume for about a month now. So it, there's either, you know, lead up time and they go back and forth and change and, yeah. um, you know, probably won't even change today for tonight. And mm-hmm. the debate we've had in our family is. How old is too old to be trick or treating? You know, okay. I think middle school age is pretty close, but we get high schoolers and older. What were the results on the debate? Um, well, my daughter is a, a junior in high school, and she's debating on whether she and her friends should go trick or treating tonight. Okay. And I would be against it. I think she's mm-hmm. too old yeah. to trick or treat unless she takes, you know, our, our grandkids or younger kids. Mm-hmm. And you know, weather is, is impactful. Just like being in Michigan, it's going to be a really cold one. I've been in eighty degree Halloweens, and I've been in blizzards okay. in Halloween. And I like taking. I it was one of my favorite things that a dad is to take our kids around trick or treating. I'd rather do that than pass out the candy for some okay. reason. I like candy, so mm-hmm. um, I like it was a 
competition to me to get a lot of candy and, you know, surprise competition. But do you have a preference? Do you... I don't think so. You know, as our kids have gotten older, the Halloween piece has become maybe a little less cool and, mm -hmm. and trying to figure out, you know, whether you still do something or you go to a party or, you know, whatever it is. And so I don't think so. I have a lot of good memories from when we were younger and we uh, when our kids were younger and we certainly would do it up for for Halloween and. But uh, not so much anymore. I mean, you know, as we're recording this on Halloween, we have we have baseball stuff tonight. I'm, I'll be getting home, uh, you know, probably nine o'clock. And, you know, it's, it's just kind of another day as it so it really depends on where where you're at in life and where, you know, where the kids are and everything else. And for coaches, I have some coaches that are practicing tonight and some that move theirs up if they have younger kids mm -hmm. that want to right. go trick-or-treating with them. Journey, right. give you a chance to contribute. You, any favorite costume that sticks out to you, one you've seen, yeah. one you were? I'll say my um, my mom was super big into, like, creating costumes, like what you were talking about, about um, how you, like, create your own costume. Mm -hmm. So for my son, um, he wanted to be a Pokemon, so we actually used the Little Caesars box and cut it open, painted it, and glued it, and made him into like a whole Pokemon mm -hmm. character. And awesome. it was like the best costume ever. Mm -hmm. And all the kids yeah. thought he looked so cool. It is cool. And, and we talk about the the ones you can buy, but even cr mm -hmm. the, the cool ones that people yeah. create nowadays, There's, as I mentioned, with my wife likes creating them. And I was watching the TV mm -hmm. show this morning with all the homemade ones that were made. So you're right. Kids are spoiled nowadays mm -hmm. on what they... We used um, to do pumpkin decorating at the mm -hmm. schools, too. And, and man, you, you want to talk about competition coming out in full force. Mm -hmm. There's no way those kids were decorating some of those pumpkins <laughs> that were winning. I mean, mm -hmm. they were going crazy. But yeah, it's it's a it's definitely a special holiday, and you you see um, scary stuff, and and then and then candy too. Do you have a favorite candy? I like all candy, but really? anything with coconut in it. So almond joys almond or joy. uh, yeah. the other kind are ones I don't like. But I I'm a candy freak. I like but okay. uh, hundred gram bars, chocolate caramel nuts. I uh, I, I love okay. licorice. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah. Uh, unfortunately too much candy. You. Okay. Yep. Yeah, I like Reese's. I mean, that's Peanut kind of the standby. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Journey? Um, I don't know what's going on, but like as I get older, Reese's has turned into like my favorite. Yeah, okay. yeah. But I used to love Reese's. Twix. Twix used to I be like my favorite. Yeah. Chocolate, caramel, nuggets. I was an M&M's guy, and then, you know, as um, things aged a little bit, it turned into Reese's. And I, man, I, I love them. I like when uh, being an AD, you, you have a concession stand around you almost every day of the week. So I went in cycles. Mm -hmm. Like I remember... Our concession stand would like cater to me. Like one year with a hundred grand bars, so they had a hundred grand bars. One year with peanut butter M and M, so they they got peanut butter boxes of peanut butter M M and M for me. Twix was one. Are you year. foreshadowing that our athletic department's going to have a concession stand in it coming up soon? Mm, I, I'm not foreshadowing. Okay. okay. That just, that just you know, it. there's challenges with that. You know. Um, Having concessions, people expect concession stands at athletic mm -hmm. events. Yeah, I'd say um, we, they're disappointed when they don't have them. Especially yeah. the popcorn mm -hmm. or hot dog but and and maybe sodas. But on the back end, we talk about things that you don't see. It's it's a lot more cleanup or, you know, management, you know, you, money in management. In the bleachers? Yeah, bleachers, a mess, okay. you know, that those leave. And even we have a bending area. That, so why don't you just put more garbage cans out? I mean, people are going to throw their stuff in garbage cans, not on the bleachers, right? If you have more garbage cans out? I disagree. You know, one of the most humbling things I did is my kids were in National Honor Society in high school, and one of their service projects is you had to go clean Spartan Stadium the next day after a football event, and it okay. really made you appreciate to pick up after yourself 
at an athletic event. And my kids do pick up at, when we leave our area, and we go to a lot of sporting events at the mm -hmm. college, our kids work hard because of going there and how bad, I mean, it's a couple hours of just cleaning up mm -hmm. all kinds of, of mm -hmm. trash. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and I think of at LCC, we clean up, you know, we have a cleaning crew, but, you know, the, the people that help me out at events, we go through the bleachers and clean up the big stuff after the events and we've had student workers from my understanding clean them up in the past but it's something you overcome at the lug nut they ask you that they they remind you at mason we had our pa announcer remind them at the end of the night please pick up your trash and we emphasize that with our student athletes in our room our, our student athlete lounge and such and i work hard at, at mason we we one of our biggest penalties was when they didn't pick up their lunch table at the end of the day they would have to come and clean the whole lunch room if they didn't pick up their area so it's again another microcosm of society between sports and real life but i don't think too many people do pick up their trash at, okay. at athletic events and it could just be a piece of paper such as the roster that they no longer want to use and i'm not here to to pick on spectators or such mm -hmm. because you do have clean crews that that's their job to go in and, and clean up but when you do it you have a new appreciation for shouldn't, um, shouldn't why are we still handing out paper rosters that stuff I'm, I'm curious because most everybody that you see has a some sort of phone so why are, why are not digital rosters not being handed out uh, we're transitioning to digital rosters um we i still have a cup i do less and less every time and just okay. more just probably for those people that don't use their phone or might not have a phone capability but okay. that's one thing the pandemic led us to was putting you know because you didn't want to touch things that you put everything okay. online and you know my last year that mason we would put rosters on the table and they could take a picture of them even instead of grabbing them oh, really? or okay. have them online qr codes i mean mm -hmm. i learned a lot yeah. about QR, qr codes of doing it but to your point, they're on our website, so you could mm -hmm. easily just go to our website. That's what I do when I'm at mm -hmm. baseball. I try and mm -hmm. scroll it. So I think we are getting away from that. It used to be you had these big media guides um, that were many Programs. pages. Yeah, Programs, but yeah. even those are going online That's and um, sending out. So I think we are transitioning. I don't know if we'll ever totally get rid of. I think we will. I mean, that just but that's a big change for some people and some entities and money makers too for some. I mean, so. I mean, people charge for programs or, or mm -hmm. media guys that they make. You get sponsors for them, but you still put those online, too. So um, it's finding that balance, that fine line. Our, our rosters are online, but I still, you know, print a handful for our events at Gannon for those that might gr want to grab one and look at it. You mentioned moneymakers, and that kind of circles back to the Halloween stuff. And there's these pop-up Halloween stores that tend to go in old shopping centers mm -hmm. or whatever. And, you know, we would, we, my wife and I were going to one the other night, and um, it moved, and it was gone, you know. So it's just an empty shopping center. But you drive down the road just a little bit, and there's there there it is. It's moved into a, a new one, you know. And um, the, the money piece of that is it's incredible how much – money you can spend on a Halloween costume, whether it's for yourself or for your kids, you know, it's huge, huge money business. Yeah, it is. And there's so many, you know, with the movies and there's just so many in goes the traditional yeah. one, those, those Halloween places are taking the spot of our pickleball facilities, if you remember correctly. Okay. So no, yeah. um, but you're right. It is interesting how the seasonal stores have become more mm -hmm. popular, especially Halloween. Uh, it, mm -hmm. it, you know, it, I don't see as many people wearing costumes, like in the workplace, even at the, the high school setting that, 
Uh, it used to be before the pandemic, but okay. it's still. Have you uh, seen costumes? I have not seen any LCC? today. No. Have you seen any today? Mm-mm. Oh, I haven't. I haven't yeah. seen. I've seen one girl wearing like a clip-on hat. That's about okay. it. Okay. I'm sure they're out there. I think we have a costume contest actually that you, you submit a picture to, and you can win mm-hmm. prizes. But I don't know if that's a trend or not. But to your point, um, it's interesting that these doors do pop up and you know, are here probably through today or maybe the next week to right. get a discount on next year's costume, yeah. which changed so much because of things that trend. Mm-hmm. So um, I haven't got my costume yet. I don't think I'll be wearing one. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah me now, either. with practice tonight, do you let your kids dress up at all or that take away from the focus of the practice or? Um, well, we, we practice early, so that's before the, you know, the trick-or-treating happens. So, um, no. no, I mean, we, we could, but I think a lot of that's just eyewash. So. Yeah. Uh, it's fun. I disagree. Mm-hmm. I, I, I like teams that add some of that to that theme of the day. Yeah. It, it, it's hard because it could get in the way of practice. If you, you mm-hmm. don't have like, you know, I, I was eating out on Sunday and they, they had the trick or treating um, going around these local businesses and how many inflatable costumes there were. It was hilarious. The dinosaurs and the, the yeah. characters, but they kept bumping into everybody. That was, was so funny mm-hmm. to me. So, yeah. if, if a, you know, I, your picture wore that to practice today. I don't I've think I've seen that some was funny <laughs> videos of practices with those inflatable costumes, you know, for Halloween. So mm-hmm. it's, it's certainly out there. Yeah. And it's situational. Like mm-hmm. if you're in a, a postseason tournament this week, it would be hard to, to turn that focus in the uh, true, Halloween costume. True. But um, we hosted basketball districts uh, many times at Mason, and we allowed our team to practice it on Sunday. And one mm-hmm. team every year, when it was, because it was just more to shoot around and get familiar with our gym, they would have a, a theme like basketball jersey day or favorite team day. And it was pretty cool. He made it fun to come in on a Sunday, mm-hmm. but they got to wear like their favorite jersey or their mm-hmm. you know favorite sports team or throwback day instead of you know the 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 practice jersey of that team so i just in that sense i think it's kind of fun the the chain things mm-hmm. up and break yeah, the holiday yeah. but you know back to your intentional practice it, it's hard to do that and mm-hmm. you know laugh at the guy in first place who or you know your guard out there in a inflatable <laughs> but but it's still a fun holiday and you do work around and you know, when we talk about, I wanted to talk about superheroes, how, you know, that seems to be a common theme and listening to a podcast this morning talking about um, how you can change that into a positive, that we're all superheroes, that there's mm-hmm. a superhero inside of us and that Halloween can help us acknowledge that. And, and I'm a big believer in that. And I'm something that I haven't done well um, in my life is, is believing in myself or always in your team, but how, how I've learned how important that is. And, you know, that's one of the neat things that the Ted Lasso TV show has really emphasized is, you know, believe was one of his big topics, but I know it's also, you know, something you emphasized and, you know, I have this, these couple pieces of paper on my desk and I was in an interview a couple of weeks ago and the, and the person that I was interviewing said, you know, I have a Lou Holtz piece of paper on my desk that says, do the right thing, be better and treat people well. And he goes, I try and live by that every day. And I thought, hmm, yeah. that's pretty cool. You know, and I wonder how many people have something on their desk. But one of the things I have on my desk is called, um, collective efficacy and it's, it's the shared belief and capabilities to organize and execute the courses of action required to produce given levels of attainment and that's by the psychologist bandura but 
that's sports, you know, the collective and that, and they did a ratio that that's like 1.57 and the next highest level of the good attainment is achievement, which is like 0.65. So if we all believe in what we're trying to accomplish, how well that will help us reach our goals. And so I I have that on my desk. I have three or four others too, but when I think of Halloween now, I think of that, of the superhero and, and we are who we believe we are, which is C.S. Lewis. I have that one on my desk and believing in yourself. So do you have anything on your desk that you look at? Or oh, we could go for a long time about belief systems. So <laughs> that's a whole nother podcast. Yeah, I, I think so. And, you know, there's there's plenty of stories out there of of, you know, humans who have have changed their belief systems through one way, shape or form, weird things happening tests coming back or anything else just these crazy stories and then they start they change their lives just because they they stop listening to themselves so much and they just start talking to themselves like I am I do have Olympic athlete genes I mean there's a crazy story about a test coming back to a lady who was really struggling with just feeling old not feeling you know good about much and um, she had done some some blood work and some gene testing for just some other stuff and they they ended up calling her and telling her that uh, through really a just a stroke of luck that her genes came back that she had Olympic really the the Olympic genes that most Olympians had hers matched up and um, it really just changed her life because she started uh, believing that you know she had the athletic genes of an Olympian so she starts exercising and she starts believing all this stuff wow. and she just changes mm-hmm. her her whole perspective and then and then her husband is completely off guard because he, he can't believe how much has just changed by yeah. one phone call mm-hmm. you know and that and so like I said there's a lot of stories where we can go with belief systems or things that are in you my are office. Sh- Right on. And this will be a, a whole nother podcast because I have lots of stories, too. And one of my favorite was a National Geographic thing real quickly where he was a photographer and, you know, it always like he always tried to find the best picture. And it was, you know, I got to see it to believe it. And he switched it right around to I got to believe it to, to see, see it. it. And then he yeah. started like zooming in on the picture and he saw, you know, like instead of a whole row of flowers he zoomed in on one flower well like that was the prettiest thing that you've ever seen and that was fun well, I had a leadership class that mm-hmm. they showed this presentation and it stuck with me because it is a choice and and for most people they need to see it to believe it she needed to know that mm-hmm. I need to go out and get a gene test I guess right. to see if I'm an Olympian maybe yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm not in any capacity but I think that's what you're telling me is to go out and see if I mm-hmm. have any Olympic genes left in me I could you know participate in the master Olympics or mm-hmm something but but the belief system is huge and it, the choice it is to to make and how vital that is for us too I mean part of the thing I wanted to talk about that we're not going to get to today is is like when we talk about costumes you know they're fake and you know those mm-hmm. teams out there that might have been the biggest fakes in history that might have gone to the championship game that weren't just very good but what got them there and and is it a belief system is it luck is it the schedule that they played and we know there are many different variables that lead to championship seasons but i think you and i are both in agreement that belief is right up there in making that happen and if you don't have that you're not going to be successful and you know we talk about every week when we look at our opponents for that week like do you believe you can beat them if you don't don't go play because the game's already over 
you have to believe it to achieve it. And again, talking about these other stories, but it's so important in athletics that even if you, if the other team is better, we still play the game to see who's better that day. You don't have to beat them 10 times, you know, in, in postseason, you might in a series, that's where really the true winner comes in instead of, you know, playing them once like the NCAA basketball mm-hmm. tournament or football, yeah. you just got to win one game where the, the other one that, you know, have the series might give a true, true picture of it. But it still starts with belief in my eyes. And we try and, you know, share that with our student athletes. And that's why, again, I like Ted Lasso because he had it above his his office that, you know, believe you have to believe every day. And that's what I want our coaching staff to be like. And I think for the most part, they are is the, the focus on the positive, you know, look for the best in our student athlete thinking not that we're not going to have bad days or, you know, change our mindset and get frustrated. But in the end, if your overall culture is that you're going to be successful. Good stuff. Yeah. I mean, who thought this would have gone from a Halloween topic? So, Again, great conversation, and and go Stars. Stars on Sports is recorded live at the WLNZ Studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dadalian Lowry. You can listen to this episode and other episodes of Stars on Sports on demand at lccconnect.org. To find more information about our athletic program, visit lccstars.com. Thanks for listening. Go Stars! This is LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Coming in November to the Lansing Community College Black Box Theater, playwright Kate Hamill's playful new adaptation of Jane Austen's beloved novel, Sense and Sensibility. It follows the fortunes and misfortunes of the Dashwood sisters after their father's sudden death leaves them financially destitute and socially vulnerable. Showing through the 19th. For more information, visit lcc.edu slash showinfo. The Modern Warehousing Program through the Job Training Center at Lansing Community College is an industry-led program that prepares individuals for frontline material handling and supply chain logistic positions in medical centers, fulfillment centers, warehouses, and factories. Those who complete this program can earn multiple certifications. Visit lcc.edu slash JTC training for more information. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. You are listening to Written in the Stars, Books and Beyond, where hosts from the LCC Library sit down with writers, publishers, entrepreneurs, and literary enthusiasts of all types. Join your hosts, Amy Ewell, Robin Moore, John Salaiji, and Abby Tebow as we explore the very heart of the written word. Welcome to Written in the Stars, Books and Beyond. I'm Robin Moore, and I'm joined today by my co-host, Abby Tebow. Today, we have the pleasure of hosting Nichelle Lawrence, owner of Social Light Society. Welcome, Nichelle. Thank you for being here. So we want to open our discussion today with a question about the space that you've created. So can you tell us about Social Light Society? 
Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, Socialite Society is an independent bookshop located inside of the Lansing Mall that celebrates black women and black literature. We curate classic contemporary and children's titles predominantly written by black women. That's awesome. Can you tell us a little about your motivation for starting this space? Sure. So a few years ago, back in 2017, my husband took me on a date and it was his idea to stop at a local bookstore before we went to dinner. I've always loved reading, always been an avid reader. So we go inside this bookstore and I go directly to the section that's labeled women of color. And perhaps you can imagine I was a little bit disappointed right when I saw it. You could tell that it was there just to check a box and you could tell that a woman of color had not been consulted when it came to this curation. It looked so cliche, unkept. Mm. I left the store very, very disappointed. Um, I've always had a very entrepreneurial spirit. And so we spent the rest of that date night talking about how I could create a space that would celebrate black women, a place where women could go in, they could feel seen, and that they could feel celebrated and never have to feel the way that I felt that night walking into that bookstore. Wow, that's um, that's a little heavy, but I'm glad you stepped out there and did something like that for Absolutely. the community. So, Nichelle, when I went on your website and I and I was learning a little bit about you, you are a person of many hats. So, can you tell the listener about those hats that you that you wear? And the hat that you have on today is just too cute. Thank you, <laughs> thank you, thank you. We are um, Socialized Society is the home of the Black Girl Beret, uh, <laughs> so you'll you'll see me wearing that often. But yeah, so I do wear um, many hats. Prior to opening Socialized Society, I was a stay at home mom. I have four daughters who range in age from 5 to 16. Um, And then beyond that, I also work with others to help brand their businesses. I design websites. um, I do graphic design. So those are a bunch of things that I do um, when we're we're thinking about business. And then beyond that, I write poetry. I'm an author as well. And so I'm always, you know, finding creative things to do. So definitely a whole bunch of hats. Yes. Yes. And an activist. Some would say. Some would say, yes. Um, yeah. Yes, you are. You, I can tell you've got a real cute style. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, so when someone visits Socialite Society, what do you want them to walk away with? So one of my favorite things about the shop is oftentimes when black women walk into the space, they say that it feels like home. And that means so much because it's often that as a, a BIPOC person, a person of color, We can walk in spaces and tell when it was not intended for us to be there. Mm -hmm. And that's something I believe that you start recognizing even as a young child. So to have women come in and say, wow, I've never seen this many black books in Mm -hmm. one space. I've never been in a space where we are the majority. When you walk in, there are posters of iconic black women on the walls. Um, there's there's artwork that features black women. There's greeting cards with black women on the front of it. And so to walk into a space and be like, oh, this was created just for me. You don't get that all the time and you don't get it everywhere. One of my biggest inspirations um, for the store is my maternal grandmother, Bertha Black. Mm. She was my absolutely favorite person <laughs> on the planet, right? Love her so much. And being in her home, when I was a child, I grew up with both parents, but I spent a lot of time with my grandma. Being her home in her home, I always felt like this place of love, this place of safety, this place of security. And that's what I tried to build inside Socialized Society. And so when women come in and 
we start getting tears. Folks are crying. Um, I don't know what this is. It's just an overwhelming feeling. I'm like, oh, yeah, you feeling what I felt at my grandma's house. And it just makes me so happy. Wow. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, feeling the love. Absolutely. Feeling the love. Yes. Thanks for creating that space. Yes. Oh, my. And you also have stickers because I have a couple stickers from your from your. From oh, your yes, story. we have lots yeah. of stickers. Lots of stickers. Lots of stickers, lots of buttons. Yes. yes. You've yes. had some good gift things going on over oh, there. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. You had a good time in her, in her yeah, store, didn't you? Yeah. I, I came by. I got a bookmark that I'm going to send to a friend because okay. I know she'll okay. love it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so um, activism. Activism, yeah, yeah, that beret, activism. Um, how does socialized society work as a tool for activism in the Lansing community? I always find it interesting when people bring up that word to me, okay. activism. Talk right. about it. Because I feel like growing up, I always pictured an activist as someone who was at the front of a protest, right? Mm. We're walking for these causes. And I always kind of pictured myself as the person that bought the water and handed that out, you know, at the end, mm. right? So calling myself an activist isn't something that I've always done. Recently, though, I read a book that came out in July by Ebony Janice, and it's called All the Black Girls Are Activists. Mm. And it talks about how um, black women are activists just by simply being because um, we're surviving, right? We're doing what needs to be done. Uh, therefore, we are activists. And so I say that celebration is my activism. And by having a space that celebrates black women, that is loud about the fact that we celebrate black women. You walk into the Lansing Mall, you know there is a space that is here um, with that intention that I use definitely as my activism. I come from the belief that if we take care of black women who tend to be at the front of every cause, black women fight for everybody, uh, whether it directly affects us or not. If there's something that you want done, you want there's a fight that needs to be had, you're going to find black women in front of it. And so I believe if we uh, celebrate black women, if we continue to take care of black women, everybody else is going to be set. Wow. That is deep, heavy, and um, impactful. And you're making an impact in the community with the space that mm. you've created for not only for us. Absolutely. For us. Absolutely. For us. I'm going to say that for us. So you are um, an activist in your own right. Mm. And uh, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. And activism, you know, comes in so many different it looks different in so many different ways. You don't have to be the one at the forefront of the protest. You know, there's so many more things you can do. Mm -hmm. There's so many ways to support people. Um, you know, that's some of what we try to do here at the library is, you know, we may try to make a quiet difference and mm -hmm. get people what they need. We're not advertising it the same way, but, you know, we want to make sure people have their needs met and can succeed. Yeah. Um, in creating that space, mm -hmm. we've created a space um, that's inclusive. Yes. Because that's mm -hmm. extremely important. Mm -hmm. it's, it's so... Um, we are, I think, on the forefront also. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, think so. I think we're doing our best with what we have, you That's know? It. <laughs> so how do you see um, socialite society evolving in the future? Ooh, that feels like such a loaded question. <laughs> Just because, uh, I say all the time that the socialite society that exists currently is not the socialite society that I envisioned when I first thought about creating this space, right? I feel like I am at point A, maybe point A and a half, right? There are so many more things to do. When I think about socialized society, I imagine various stores, perhaps not all with the same focus of um, black women, but um, expanding that 
um, when it comes to uh, celebrating others and and creating a space. And, you know, I feel like I say black women like a thousand times, right? Because I believe that that is important, but also in saying that that's not excluding anyone else, right? And I think sometimes we forget that in celebration of one, that doesn't mean that we're necessarily putting another down. That just means this is what the focus is for right now, right? So right now we are definitely focused on um, curating this literature um, by Black women and making sure that it's in the forefront. I'm not exactly sure what what the future holds, but I think it's it's going to be um, uh, more of the same, but uh, much bigger, uh, much grander, and um, making a much bigger impact in more spaces than just Lansing. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Do you have like a central philosophy that you work from kind of in how you envision things going or? No, we just kind of wait and see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> that's okay. I think that's a good yeah, philosophy too, okay. honestly. Yeah. No, ab- absolutely. Just um, letting it kind of organically mm-hmm. grow yeah. and evolve. Remembering though uh, what the purpose was in the beginning, Mm -hmm. which is that celebration, right? Funny thing about uh, being in retail or being in a public space, um, everyone comes in with ideas Mm. and opinions. And oftentimes, (laughs) oftentimes they are really good ideas, but I have to reflect, like, does this line up with what the vision is, right? If I carry this out, like, I want to make everybody happy, right? Um, But if I do this, is this going to take away from what the original intent was? So that's very big for me. Now, I have a question. So I'm curious, what did you envision? What did you envision for your for your space? Because I I heard you say that you kind of went a different direction. So what was your initial thought about the space you wanted to create? Well, in all honesty, I never imagined that I would be inside of a mall. (laughs) No, no, I that. I didn't imagine that. I mm-hmm. um, I wasn't sure exactly where in Lansing, mm-hmm. right? But I just think sometimes when you think about um, a bookstore, especially an independent bookstore, you think about a place where there's like a sidewalk and I can, you know, put little signs out and, you know. Old town. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps, you know. Also, I did not think that this was something that I would start so soon in life because my children are so small. And they still need a lot of attention, right? And so I imagine that I would be this cute little old lady um, sitting behind the desk of my bookstore with my gray hair. And, mm. you know, folks come in and I'd be like, hey, baby, let me, what, what kind of book you looking for, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but actually there was a contest that happened, Lansing Built to Last. And it happened a couple years ago. And one of my friends encouraged me to apply. And mm-hmm. so that's really what got this ball rolling. Mm -hmm. in this time. Mm -hmm. Um, And so in entering that contest, I did not win, but we um, came in top five. And um, that experience let me know that this was a space that people in Lansing wanted. And so immediately, even after not winning, folks were saying, so when is the bookstore coming? When are we, when are you opening the bookstore? And I'm like, I didn't win. So, you know, how am I going to do that? Mm -hmm. Right. So I didn't imagine that this would be the time, right, that socialized society would take place. Mm -hmm. When I think about it, we're, you know, we're in like perhaps a bigger space. It's easy to like 
get online, get on Instagram and start looking at other uh, places and go, oh, well, theirs is really big and theirs is, you know. But I think also what comes with um, being a dreamer, being a visionary, entrepreneurship, you have to start somewhere, Mm. right? And so that start for us was literally like, making the email address and buying the domain name. And then we did pop-ups at events. And then from that, I shared space with another business downtown. And then we pivoted um, to being in the Lansing Mall. And so, yeah, I don't know what the next pivot is going to be. And I'm not sure exactly what that looks like, but um, I'm open to it. Wow. Absolutely. So, you know, with all that you do for your family, the community, how do you make time for yourself and self-care? That's so important. Self-care is really important, and admittedly, I am not the best at it. Because, as we talked about, there are so many hats. There are so many uh, people and so many things that, that need attention. I try to make sure, though, that I do things that will fill me. So whether that is reading a book that's uh, just for leisure, like I don't have to report on it. I don't feel the need that I have to like share about it on social media. This is just for me, right? Or if it's allowing someone to help me in the bookstore so I can take an afternoon um, and do something for myself. I love watching detective shows on TV, mm. right? So when it's time for me to like clock out or whatever, I'm, I make time and, and space for that. It, it's something little, but it definitely gives me uh, the strength and the power to be able to go on another day, right? right. One of my um, favorite books that y'all I need to go back and read again is uh, Rest is Resistance by Trisha Hersey. Um, and she talks about how important it is for us to begin to look at rest as like a birthright for us not to say, oh, I'm going to rest today because I know I have 20 things on my to-do list for tomorrow. No, rest today because you deserve rest today, right? So sometimes that might just be laying on the couch for a little bit or, you know, when my kids go to dance and they're all in class at the same time, it might just be me sitting in the car staring into space. You know, sometimes you feel guilty because technically I'm not being productive right now, but we need that. We absolutely need that. So yeah. I want to get so much better at it. <laughs> That's okay. It sounds like you're on a, on a, on a great path. I read that book this summer Did and you? it changed my life. My, one of my best girlfriends gave me that book. She okay. said, Robin, you have to read it. Mm-hmm. You have to read yeah, it. It's life changing. Yeah, because I'm a goer. I'm a goer. I'm a goer. But I had to stop and say, wait a minute. I don't have to do this. Absolutely. Maybe my ancestors were forced to do it, but I don't have to do this. So I had to change the way I thought about mm-hmm. rest for myself. Mm-hmm. That's powerful. I'm so glad you lifted that and you brought up that book. That That's a good one. That's yeah. a good one. <laughs> Do we have that in the library? No, we don't, but let's order. We got to get that. Okay. Yes. I love it. <laughs> well, <laughs> speaking of books, we are a library and we are a book podcast. <laughs> so we want to know if you have a favorite book that you've read this year. Maybe it's that one. I don't know. Maybe you got another one. Oh, a favorite book that I've read this year. So I have... I want to tell you about one of my favorite all times. And I'll say read this year because the year that it came out a couple years ago, I read it three times in that year. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And um, I go back to it often. Mm-hmm. And it is um, a book of poetry. I love poetry. It's a Black Girl Call Home by mm-hmm. Jasmine Manns. Mm-hmm. I absolutely love this book. I feel like it's a book that um, anybody can and should read. I feel like when I get in a space where... 
I don't really know what's happening next or I'm overwhelmed because I am wearing so many hats, you know, or there are so many things that I have to do. I like to go back to Black Girl Call Home. And it really talks about finding home within yourself versus what society, what, what the world wants us to be focused on. What are the things that matter to you? And then how do you hone in on that? And so it's just a wonderful reminder one of self-care, right? But retreating inside of ourselves. And so that's absolutely one of my favorites. And when people come into the bookstore and they're like, what's a book that you recommend? I'm always like, how you feel about poetry, right? Because <laughs> you need to read Jasmine Mann's. Absolutely. We got to get that. That's great. Collection. Yeah, I know. I'm thinking we'll have to have Nichelle pick out some leisure reading I for I think us. we should. I, we should get a list yeah. from Nichelle. We, we all we take wanna. turns picking out 10 books every month. And I think you should pick out oh, a month. I would love to do <laughs> that. We can add her. Oh, yeah. and on, a, on our display. And our, that, would be, that would be, now that would be dope. This mm-hmm. sounds like a plan. Okay. Let's okay. do it. We'll do it. <laughs> Alrighty. Okay. So you've what, already got a lot of good gifts going on in your store, yeah. but do you have anything special coming up for the holiday season? Special things coming up for the holiday season. Well, I'm super excited about the Saturday after Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, we are participating in the Black Santa Experience, and that is happening at the Lansing Mall at the venue by 1111 Events. And um, we participated last year. It was an amazing event. This year, we are adding on a Socialite Society story time stage. And so from 12 p.m. to 5 p.m., there will be Lansing luminaries. They're um, reading stories uh, to young children from Socialite Society. Um, Story time is one of our favorite things that happens in the store. So the opportunity to bring that out to another event to bring out in the community is, is great. And so that's one of the many things that we're looking forward to this holiday season. Wow. You know, let's go back to favorite books. What's your favorite children's book? Mm. Because I'm seeing these story times that you're having in your space for children. I I see it on social media. You kind of said something about it. What's your favorite children's book? Absolutely. So one of my favorite children's books, there's so many. It's called The Year We Learned to Fly. It's the year we learned to fly, and it it talks about um, some children that were at home, and they said, um, you know, we're bored right now. We need to, you know, what can we do? They're arguing with each other, (laughs) and, you know, and their grandma is like, no, we need to use our imaginations. And so in the year we learn to fly, they learn how to use their imagination to take themselves from the situation that they're in um, into this greater space. So it's it's such a, a great story for kids and really teaching our children how to use their imaginations and how to fly. I love that. Mm-hmm. Well, our time is wrapping up. I wish we could stay here all day and chit chat. <laughs> what about you? I just, I'm having so much fun. Um, our time is wrapping up. Could you please share with us what's on the horizon for you and what projects are you currently working on? Yes. So um, personally, which is a part of Socialite Society, though, I am completing a, a chat book. And that is going to be released um, in January, on January 27th. It is a, a small collection of poems. It's called I'm Praying for You, Girl. Um, and so we are very excited about um, the release of that. And then also in January, we'll be celebrating our second year in the space at the Lansing Mall. And so we have great things that are happening for um, the new year. But those are two of, of the bigger ones that are coming up pretty close. Wow, that sounds exciting. Well, congratulations. Thank you. Special thanks to our guest, Nichelle Lawrence, owner of Socialite Society located in the Lansing Mall. Pick up your favorite book. You have been listening to Written in the Stars, Books and Beyond. Visit lcc.edu library to find the titles discussed in this episode. 
You can find previous episodes of Written in the Stars and other LCC Connect shows at lccconnect.com. In the words of Miguel de Unamundo, I hope, reader, we shall meet again and we shall recognize each other. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Vision.